Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, COVID-19 has had a massive impact on services throughout the country and autism support is just one of them. Martine O'Connell's daughter, Molly, is one of those left without services and she's on the line this morning with us along with Noel White, who runs the Butterfly Club in Rathkeel for children with special needs. You're both very welcome to the programme this morning. Hello. Hello, Martine. How are you? Hi, Gillian. How are you? Martine, you have a daughter, Molly. Tell us about her. Yeah, Molly was diagnosed with autism when she was, even before she was three, unformally. And then on her third birthday, she was formally diagnosed with being autistic. Molly is non-verbal, but she's a lovely little kid. She's like every other child, but she has her, you know, she has her issues, you know, that we have to deal with. But Molly is headbanging. She's beating her head off the ground. She's been hurting herself. This started happening in January last year. And the first time it really happened was during the night. And I ended up because on the news that day, we had, there was a warning to parents about um, meningitis. Molly woke during the night, was beating her head off the ground. The light then was bothering her, everything. Sure, I ended up getting an ambulance for her. But um, we ended up going out to the regional. It turns out that it's autism related. So we had to wait and wait and wait. But, um, yeah, it's just got worse. And th- that was just in January of this year? No, that was January, oh, January of last year. January of last year, so, okay. Yeah. So... After that happened, what sort of services were you able to avail of? Um, nothing really. We were waiting to be for her to be diagnosed. She was diagnosed the second time with seen her. Right. Um, yeah, but this head banging and hurting herself has just got worse and worse, Gillian. Now it's turned into, like Molly can have, like any other little kid, she'll have tantrums. But Molly will have meltdowns, which kids can have anyway. But now she's actually having anxiety attacks. And tell me, the, the head banging must be very, very distressful. It is so bad. And honest to God, like, she won't have, like, I tried with the cushions under her, you know, all of that. No, it, she wants to bang her head. And it's, honest to God, it's so scary. Even, I'm so used to it, it still scares me so, so much. And it's gotten worse now because with these anxiety things that are happening, it, it can happen anywhere and even outside where this is where the lo- where the line was drawn was a few weeks ago. We were going up to my mother's. She loves getting the bus. She loves it. But all of a sudden this thing came on her again. It was an anxiety attack. I can tell the difference. But she started beating her head off concrete. She almost got killed by a car. Her face had been destroyed that week from scratching it because she had such a bad week. So I ended up taking her out to the hospital. You know, I, I really don't want to be going out there, you know, with the COVID because, yeah, you know. No, nobody uh, wants to go out there unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, and that's it. That's what I brought her out because I had to. I felt like, what else do I do? I can't, my little baby is going to hurt yourself so bad. Like, you know, I know how many times we have been out there, you know, say last year, but we hadn't been gone out. But anyway, yeah. So she ended up having one of these anxiety attacks in the waiting room in front of all the other children and parents where she was biting herself. She was, you know, freaking out. 
So I'd imagine they've seen her on camera inside in the nurse's station and they must have thought she was having a seizure. So they all come running out. So we were brought in. This was going on for about 40, 45 minutes. But anyway, yeah. They, everyone knows that Molly needs something to relax her. <coughs> she just needs something just to help her. But there's no one in Limerick to prescribe it. Well, Is there anyone her, any anywhere else in the country that can prescribe it? No, I, Gillian, I've rang Dublin and everything. Like, I'm at my wit's end. Like, she's my... Do you know, she's she's a little girl. She has autism, but she's the same as any other little kid. You know, she just has... Molly does is non-verbal, but she can show me what she needs or what she wants, you know? And she's a very intelligent little girl. The camps have refused to see her. Um, my own doctor has been on to them. There's been a referral from Blackberry. There's been referrals from the regional hospital. And I actually got a letter that was photocopied from my own doctor stating that Molly, to them, it seems Molly has autism and that she has learning difficulties. Molly's never been diagnosed with having learning difficulties. You know, so I don't know, I don't understand how they can just come up with that. Mm. You know, like, like all I want to, to do is help my, my daughter and I, there is no, there is actually nowhere to turn. In our city, there is no child psychiatrist. But there are child psychiatrists attached to CAMS. To CAMS, but you have to, the CAMS have to see you first. And, and what it, reason have you been given that you can't be seen by, Molly can't be seen by CAMS? Because they're saying because she's autistic and they think they're saying that Molly has a learning difficulty. Molly's never been diagnosed with having a learning difficulty. Molly, even though Molly doesn't talk, you know, you can hear Molly, she sees a colour, you know, she sees a letter, she sees. Um, numbers, even up to 50, even since she was about a year and a half, you can, you'll you hear her say them, you know. Mm. So I don't understand how, if they, they have never even spoken to me, how they can come up and just say, oh, Molly has uh, learning difficulties. Like that's, you know, how, where do you go with that? But I'm I, sure... I, I don't understand. Cams, I mean, that isn't a reason for Cams not to see her because Cams do see children with learn, learning difficulties. Well, Gillian, that's exactly what they have said, and they've—I have letters here and all to, you know, to say that they won't see Molly, and they've refused her about four times to see her. Has COVID nineteen and everything surrounding it had any major impact on how you handle Molly? Gillian, to be honest, our lives—we're kind of it's not everywhere we can go anyway with Molly because of these anxiety attacks and you know, so we're kind of confined here anyway and the weather being good was helpful we we like, we don't last time Molly was seen by anyone for her autism was the day of her birthday and that was um, 2019 was the last time she was seen and that was the 30th of April 2019 Molly goes to preschool in Lisnagrai and they're brilliant out there. It's a special autism unit, um, St. Vincent's, and they're great. But uh, she hasn't been in school now since March. So, you know, hopefully she's going back on Monday, all right. But I don't think that's going to change these anxiety attacks for Molly, to be honest. And have you spoken with other parents? I, Gillian, I actually have, a, I'm after putting a petition with the help of my brother, um, online for a child psychiatrist in Limerick because I see 
that there is none here um, since the last one retired. Like this, the, our city, the size of it, and we do not have a child psychiatrist, not even for autism. There's other things like a child could need a, a child psychiatrist for, and there is none here since the last one retired. I'm not sure that you're 100% correct about that. I, I believe that there is uh, child psychiatrists in Limerick. They might and, be in CAMS, but they're not. Yeah. Um, but you have to get be seen by CAMS to have access to that child psychiatrist. And as I said, I'm sure many of your listeners, you'll get um, messages in that CAMS would probably have refused a lot of children to be seen there. So what? where do you go from there? Would and you be willing to, to, to pay privately to see a psychiatrist? Yeah, I would. I would. I'm out of work myself, but it would take a while for me to get the money together. But of course I would, of course. Hmm. Because I, as far as I'm aware, there are there's a child psychiatrist that will see patients privately in Limerick. But well, yeah, there is, there's yeah. a cost factor, obviously. Yeah, well, of course. But Gillian, shouldn't there be... Uh, child psychiatrist here anyway for our for the size of our city. Well, my understanding, uh, Martine, is, is that the child psychiatrist is here, but perhaps it has to be seen. You have to see the psychiatrist through the CAM system if you're going through the public system. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. But when CAMs are refusing to see, you know, your child. So I don't understand... Yeah, and that's like, the note. Yeah, and where do we? Where do you go from there? You know, that's what very do difficult. I do? And what has to happen before anything is done with Molly? You know how how much damage does Molly have to do? You know, last year she ended up breaking her nose, and we were out in the regionals. Oh, like what has to happen? Yeah. Like th- this is. I don't want to be going on the radio or doing anything like that. But I find myself. Like, what else do I, what can I do? I've tried everything. I've rang Dublin services in Dublin and no, they're saying, no, you have to be seen in Limerick. Well, Martine, the, the stories that you described to me about Molly, um, they sound very, very distressing and clearly yeah. they're not something that every parent has to deal with, with their child. No. But it's not the first time I've heard stories like that. So I am sure that there are parents listening this morning who yeah. have had children who've been through what Molly has been through. So yeah. if there is anybody out there this morning who has managed to get the proper help and support for their child, who, who is displaying s- similar symptoms and anxiety attacks and th- that kind of self-harm, I don't know whether self-harm is the yeah, right term in yeah. that t- context, but the, the banging the head against the concrete would really terrify the life out of me. Um, if yeah. there's a parent listening who's, who's managed to get proper help for their child uh, for that, please do get in touch with us this morning and uh, Martine will certainly pass that on. Will you stay with us for a moment, Martine? I want to talk, chat to Noel. Noel's waiting patiently on the line Thank there. You. Good morning to you, Noel. How are you? Um, Noel, can I ask you, the, the Butterfly Club, now it's, yeah. it's pretty famous around Limerick. How many years ago did Margaret Geary start this up? Uh, we started it just after the year after the Special Olympics uh, were in Ireland. The World Games, I think it was 2004. That's right, yes. Yeah, yes. So it started from that. Um, she was got together with the brainchild of Margaret Geary and, and, and Mary Curtin and John Dinage and Pam McNamara and myself. We're all, we're all still there volunteering, you know. And it's yeah, it completely started, uh, volunteering, isn't it? 
it is, yeah. Everything is volunteers. We're, the whole club is run by volunteers and uh, it's all funded by fundraising and some fantastic people that are out there that support us all the time. We get no public funding funding or anything like that, but <clears throat> that's beside the point anyway, you know. Um, yeah, we, we have excuse me, over 60 children in the club at the moment, divided into four different groups, depending on age. You know, group A would be three to maybe six or seven. Group B then would be up and up. And we have a youth club then as well. So, uh, yeah. And what, uh, sor- it, what sort of difficulties do these kids have? Uh, everything. We, we have, certainly autism uh, is, is one, of the, one of the big ones as well. And listening to that poor woman there, you know, I might say her, you know, just heartbreaking listening to her because... We have heard those stories as well from parents, you know, with the children that we have and the difficulties they have uh, getting services or getting proper stuff that they need, you know. Uh, we'd have meetings now and again with parents and, and, you know, and this is why we're listening to, you know, trying to get stuff for the children that they need, you know. Do you have any happy ending stories? <laughs> I suppose there is in a way. There is, yeah. No, 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 yeah. Uh, some of them have been successful, but had to wait a long time uh, for anything that they... Uh, just to take one particular thing, uh, a child looking for special shoes, and they got measured for the shoes, and they got the grant, or got, not, didn't get the grant, but said, that, yeah, we're giving the child the shoes, but there's no funding there at the moment. So you can imagine the child still in, you measure them today in short three months' time, they're, they're obviously yeah. their feet are growing. Yeah. And they say it could be three or four months oh, before they're given the shoes. So that would mean they'd have to go back and get measured again <sighs> and maybe wait another three or four months. They're, they're saying, oh, yeah, we'll do that. But then when it comes to the crunch, sorry, there's no funding for that. There's no funding for that. That's all yeah. they're, most of them are listening to. Uh, and, you know, I'd have to make personal sacrifices. Then if I suppose if, 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 if that might be the right word because it's their child, you know. But they have to go in and, and, and try and get yeah. funding. Uh, we had one particular girl uh, that needed a wheelchair. She was measured for the wheelchair. And so by the time she got the wheelchair, I think it was two years. So you can imagine what growth a child would have in two years. Yeah. You know, to say, oh, you have it, but sorry, there's not enough money there at the moment. That's the kind of stuff that, that families are listening to and what we hear back from them, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, look... Uh, at the moment, we we are out of action as well because of the the COVID. But um, we have sixty children at the moment, and but there's a waiting list of over forty odd children as well that can't get in because uh, we have enough volunteers. Number one, we have a beautiful new premises now. Uh, again, you know, thanks to volunteer and fundraising and everything, and uh, you know, uh, uh, and it's a state of the art. But you know, without volunteers, we can't uh, take every every child in. But uh, the question you asked me was all the different things that are, you know, there's, there's a whole range of uh, things that are, that's, uh, are wrong with the children, you know, and it's great to give families a break. Now it, it works out maybe about five hours a month, but I can tell you, Gillian, those five hours are so important to people. I can believe it. Stay you with know. us for a second. We have to take a quick break. I'll be back after these. 
We're chatting to Martine O'Connell, whose daughter Molly is desperately needing services, and also to Noel White of the Butterfly Club in Rathkeel. Noel, you were talking to us before about the importance of the respite that parents get when their kids visit the Butterfly yeah, Club. Yeah, um, the reaction we get back is just terrific, you know, from parents. Just take this year, no, uh, we'd have a summer camp, two weeks, and, if, and collect, children were collected, kept for the full days and taken back home then in the bus to their parents, you know. I can imagine a week of respite for those people. Uh, the butterflies at the youth club then section, we go away for a weekend, take them away to visit places, and but we keep them for the full weekend, you know. So you don't get that kind of respite anywhere. No. as a parent or as a family. You know, it gives them a chance to do things with the rest of their family. But no, you were were you able to do that this summer? No. No, no, but you no. would have you the first time, no. yeah. Normally okay. we would but but uh, what we did was um they we contacted all the families and uh, we asked them would they like to go maybe for a day out somewhere with their with their families and uh, you know, all their children, whatever and um uh, they came back and said, yes, and we gave them a list of places where uh, they like to go, and uh, we got a fantastic response. And we paid for We got vouchers. Or they, people, they went to uh, Bunratty Pork Park. They went to uh, Fort, uh, Fort Wildlife Park. Uh, they went uh, swimming, and, and they went out to the Fun World, and the Butterfly Club uh, covered the, the cost of all that for the families. Oh, just by way of you know because we couldn't uh, do what we normally do, and the reaction we got was just uh, phenomenal. The, the people just couldn't believe that you know that we would even do something like that. You know, but you see that's what we're there for. The, the funding we get uh, from people, it's for the children. That's the way we look at it. I know we have our own place down and there's rent and everything, but that's the you know that's the least of ours. Our, our, our goal is to make sure the children are happy, the families get a break. And they have a good time when they come to us, you know. And uh, Martine, what what the Butterfly Club do is amazing, but yeah. it's all volunteer run, and that's kind of you know it's it's sort yeah. of depressing that we have to rely on volunteers for for these kind of services, which are really necessary for families. Yeah, exactly, and that sounds fantastic. Any kid would love that, and disability or no disability, it actually sounds fantastic. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, but it's the parents need it as much as the kids, though, as well, isn't it? Of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah, exactly, they do, because I think even the slightest little break and you're kind of refreshed and you're looking forward to seeing them again, you know, even if it's an hour or two, you know. But, yeah, that sounds fantastic and great for any parent, you know, especially... yeah, just, like Molly. Yeah. Noel, I'm just wondering, is there any end in sight? Do you have any idea when you'll be able to be up and running again? Well, uh, we had our, our, our meeting now the other night to see what could we do. We waited until the schools are back and see, you know, what, what the schools, uh, how they get on and how they're doing. But we have come up with a plan, uh, hopefully uh, in October. Uh, again, but it's, it depends on volunteers again. And... Uh, we're going to divide up each each um, each group. There was an average fourteen in each group. We we'll have seven in the morning, uh, from say half nine or ten o'clock to one o'clock, and then for an hour and a half we close down and the place will be cleaned down and sanitised and all the toys will be cleaned and sanitised and and then we'll have the rest of the group then after lunch from two to five, 
Um, we're going to try and uh, see how we get on with the four groups that we have. Uh, well, I'm it, sure... It's going to be hard, but, you know, our volunteers, the ones that, that we have contacted, are willing to do that. You're absolute heroes out there. You yeah. always have uh, been the work that you've I, I, been I doing. But... I wouldn't say heroes, no. Uh, well, I'm sure... This... I, tell you, Jillian, I remember when that started first, and John Dennis, God be good to Johnny, he said to me, will you get involved in this butterfly club? Well, it wasn't, we had no name for it at the time. Because uh, children with special needs, and I said, see, Johnny, how do I know about children with special needs? Or, or you yeah. know, I've been involved in plenty of things with children calling me able-bodied for want of a, a, another word, which is completely yeah. wrong. Maybe it's the wrong thing to say, but I did get involved, and look, we look forward to it. We just look forward to yeah. that. Uh, I'm only on once a month, or as my sins and chairman during all this crisis, so, but the, the amount of people that are, you know, the rest of the volunteers, we, we, have, we have an administrator, Julie Keevney, phenomenal work. I've never worked with anyone like her. Pam McDermott, Mark Keary, you know, uh, Mary Curtin, all the rest of them. I shouldn't be naming any names because huh. every one of them are, are just maybe they are heroes, as you said, Julian. With you know, and they are. They, it's uh, but the thing about the amount of children we have, well, I mean, sixty plus forty waiting. That's only West Limerick. Yeah. When you cover West Limerick, yeah. you know, so it just goes to show maybe, how many parents are, and yeah, children are, are yeah. yeah. It's something that should be done maybe in other parts of the county, you know. And if there's somebody out there listening that would like to set something like that up, should we only be oh, delighted yeah. to help them? Yeah. You know, to see how we got set up and, and, and got, got going, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't even have a place to go when we started up. We were going from... But you didn't let it stop you. Yeah, we'll have to leave it there for this morning, Noel. I know you do amazing work. And Martine, your struggle really, really sounds very, very difficult. If any parents do get in touch with us with some advice uh, sorry, for you. Can, we, can, yeah? can I just briefly? Yeah, you uh, can. Go on, anybody, Noel. Anybody that wants to volunteer. Oh, yeah. The Butterfly Club, they, they can just email the Butterfly Club, uh, ratkeel at gmail.com. Fantastic. Butterfly Club, ratkeel, all one word, gmail.com. Okay. And look, send in the email and we'll contact you straight away. And, uh, and as you say, there's Noel... There's more people out there. We need to know if we're, we're yeah. going to dividing up because, you know, in fairness, the volunteers said, oh, no, we'll do the two, the two half days next audition. They're going to devote a whole day, you know. Yeah. That's the kind of volunteers we have, you know. And, and just to say that the, the, the TY children in the colleges, outstanding, brilliant. They, they, we we rely a lot on them as well, but they they are just you know we have people saying youngsters know they they know nothing, but it's I not true. Okay, Noel White of the Butterfly Club and in Rathkeel and Martine O'Connell. Thanks very much for joining us on the program this morning. Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five with HSE Midwest for updated factual information. See HSE.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.